thanks for joining the DermVet podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist, also a mom of two trying to find the balance just like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Oh, you guys, I am so excited. Doing this podcast is something I have been thinking about for quite a while. Just a way to bring some CE, some derm tips, some education that you can use while you're driving on your commute or finding that little bit of time for yourself on a run or a walk or whatever. If you're like me, trying to escape um, you know, the baby and toddler for just five minutes, whatever. I'm just so excited that this is finally starting. My whole goal with this podcast is first and foremost, just to bring you tips that you can use in your daily clinical practice so that you feel more confident in DERM and can provide better care for your, for your patients, for your clients. Derm is definitely one of those specialties that can be really frustrating for clients. It's chronic. It's always an amazing thing when we can tell an owner that we cured them. Pretty much we need scabies (laughs) in order to do that, maybe dermatophyte. Um, But there is a way that you can communicate with owners and teach them to truly make derm a, a specialty to love. So I really hope that by doing this and giving you information that you can insert into really quickly into how you practice dermatology, that you guys will become better derm vets yourself. So that is my first and foremost goal. I'm also hoping to bring some guests on, some other dermatologists, but other people just in the veterinary field, because I really had this huge passion that all vets should just love what they do within our field. And I think there's a million different ways you can be happy in our amazing industry. So just really holding on to those stories, learning about people and how they have found true joy and happiness in being in veterinary medicine. I also obviously myself am a mom. I have a seven month old and a two and a half year old. So I am passionate um, to the vet mom community and just sharing stories of, you know, the craziness that is being a vet mom, whether that is, you know, going to back to work after maternity leave or, you know, trying your best to balance everything. I think there's a beautiful way that we can integrate work and life and truly be happy. Not saying that there's not hard days, but that overall we can just be so fulfilled in what we do as moms and as career women. So there's lots of different paths that this podcast can take. I really just hope you enjoy it. Um, But we're going to start out with one of my favorite topics in dermatology. And anytime I lecture, I can always bring pretty much anything back to cytology, back to the basics. Doesn't matter what I'm lecturing on, ears, allergies, autoimmune diseases, you name it, I will sneak cytology in there somewhere because cytology is truly the backbone of dermatology. It is the minimal diagnostic that we should be doing in most of our cases 
Yet, as a referral dermatologist where I am seeing cases that have been seen by primary veterinarians, I am seeing cytology missed a lot still. And I'm hoping that by providing some tips on cytology, you can feel more comfortable and want to do it on a more regular basis. And really, honestly, almost every patient I see is getting cytology done, and that includes rechecks. So let's dive into cytology because it really is that important that it's going to be the first podcast episode, and I will probably bring cytology back in almost any derm podcast episode that we do. So why do we do cytology? First of all, it honestly is pretty inexpensive for most of the diagnostic tests that can be run. And I know some people will argue that maybe it's not that inexpensive because owners are frustrated and they don't want to you know, deal with more testing, but I can tell you a culture is much more expensive than doing a cytology. And if you're culturing lesions that don't need to be cultured because bacteria is not present, then that is definitely a bigger waste of money for the client than doing appropriate cytology. So truly in the grand scheme of a derm workup, cytology is really inexpensive and it tells you so much. Besides just finding out if there's bacteria or yeast present, you can see what inflammatory cells are present. Maybe there's eosinophils on a sample you take from a cat, so that can give you an indication of the eosinophilic granuloma. If you find infection, quantifying, because we want to make sure we're following up with a recheck cytology, and if the infection's not completely gone, We need to see if at least got better. And you don't know that unless you did your original cytology. So besides looking for things like infection, we're going to quantify whatever method works best for you. Some people do 1 plus, 2 plus, 3 plus. I personally try to give a range and quantify, so like 5 to 10, because if somebody else is rechecking my patient, I want to make sure they really have a clear idea of what I saw, whereas sometimes I feel like doing 1 plus, 2 plus, 3 plus, 4 plus can be very different between different clinicians. So find what system works for you, but being able to quantify will be so helpful when you're following up and knowing whether or not you can stop antimicrobials. Besides infection and inflammation, sometimes you can get ideas of neoplasia. There's just lots of things that cytologies can tell us. The other thing I love about a cytology is I can do it right in front of the owner, explain what I'm doing as I'm collecting the slide, and owners tend to really like this. They love when they can see the diagnostic test being done right in front of them. And it gives you instant results. It's really great when an owner says, well, when when are we going to know the results of that slide? Like in a day or two. And I can say, oh, like five minutes. They love that they can get those instant results. And we really know how to treat the patient based on what that slide shows us right away. Also, in a really scary world where we're seeing a lot of resistant bacteria, a cytology is going to help us avoid unnecessary antibiotics. And we hear a lot about judicious use of antimicrobials, and we really have to be on the forefront of that fight. So we want to avoid unnecessary antibiotics. There's a story I tell, and I show this when I lecture, a picture of a dog covered in pustules. Completely covered in pustules, huge pustules. And it saw me as a referral after failing antibiotics 
four different times. And when I went back in the record, a cytology had never been done. So we did a cytology just to see where we where we were at. And what I saw under the microscope was zero bacteria, a ton of neutrophils, sterile inflammation, and gobs of acantholytic cells. So this dog was a dog who had pemphigus foliaceus, never needed antibiotics, or at least maybe just minimally if there was a secondary infection, and had been exposed to four different classes, even though having a bacterial infection was not the primary issue. So even if you don't feel comfortable identifying acantholytic cells under the microscope, if you could just look at that slide and say, okay, well, at least I know there's no infection here, putting this pet on cephalexin or whatever antibiotic is not going to be the right choice. Even if you can't identify acantholytic cells, there is a ton of value in seeing that, okay, we don't need to put them on antimicrobials. Let's biopsy. Because pretty much any time in derm that you don't know what it is, if you don't have a lot of infection, you could probably biopsy and get information. So don't be afraid of cytology just because you don't feel like you know it all. Just get comfortable with even bacteria and yeast identification. And then the rest can guide you to other diagnostic tests. It doesn't have to be a catch-all for everything. It's just an instant test that can tell us where we need to go. And this can really help clients from getting frustrated because they see that you're actually doing the test. I've had clients actually, when I'm collecting a cytology in front of them, say, I've wanted my vet to do something to actually identify what's going on. Thank you for trying to see what's actually causing these lesions. I recently had a client tell me um, she had tried to go back to a primary vet for um, follow-up on something, and she asked them to do a cytology because she had seen me before and she traveled from far away, so she couldn't get into me at that moment. And they said, oh, no, we don't need to do that. And she got so frustrated, she walked out. So every client's different, but clients in general really want to see us um, doing these tests and identifying things rather than just throwing medications at them if we don't know what's going on. Another thing that I hear vets say is, I just don't feel confident. I'm not good at it. Well, how do you get good at anything? You have to practice. So practice your cytologies. Slides are cheap, if not free. A lot of labs will give you slides for free. So if you don't feel comfortable doing cytology, then either find someone at your clinic, another veterinarian, even a really well-trained technician who does feel comfortable. When you collect a slide, collect duplicate slides and either check the slide yourself and then have someone at the clinic look at it and tell you what they see. You'll be pretty surprised how fast you will pick up on cytology, just even the basics, and feel comfortable doing it. If nobody at your particular hospital feels comfortable doing cytologies, then you can always take the duplicate slide and send it to an outside lab, but then save your own slide and compare your results to the written report. The only way you can be good truly is to practice, 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 and find a technique that you feel good about and just keep practicing. 
How do we collect cytologies? So this is really different even between dermatologists, what type of cytology collection people feel good about. So me personally, I tend to do a ton of impression smears. And I know that's really hard to kind of explain how to do an impression smear without visualizing it. And I do have some videos and some pictures up on my Instagram and Facebook pages showing this. But I definitely tend to do direct smear the most, whether it's in the inner digital webs, whether it's on the skin itself, whether it's moist or dry, that's where I feel comfortable. I take the edge of my slide, I will lift either scale or crust up with the edge, and then I will really firmly press my actual slide, the middle of the slide down on the lesion underneath that crusting in that scaling. Some people prefer doing things like tape prep on dry lesions, which I think can be completely um, appropriate. I know lots of dermatologists that use tape preps. They'll take acetate tape. You wanna make sure it's obviously not frosted. And then they'll go to dry lesions and repeatedly press the tape against the lesion itself. And then they'll take um, the third stain from the diff quick, so the purpley blue stain, and then put a drop of that on a slide and then just lay the tape on it. You do not need to do a fixative if you do tape prep because the tape itself serves as that and that's how they will read it. I just personally find that using the tape method, there's a lot of background debris you have to look through and that's just something you have to get used to if you wanna use tape prep. I personally just tend to stick to direct smears. Another option if you have a really dry lesion is you can actually take a dull scalpel blade and scrape some of that um, top layer, the epidermis of the skin off. You don't have to get to a deep scrape like if you were looking for mites, but you can actually lightly scrape the top of the skin and collect that scaling and material on a slide, use a Q-tip to kind of smear it around, and then do your diff quick and then evaluate that. On moist lesions, you can just take a Q-tip itself and put it onto the lesion, roll it around on the slide after you collect it. If it's really, really goopy, you can heat fix, though I will say you don't need to heat fix that many of your slides, at least in my experience, unless it's a super goopy moist ear and I'm trying to hurry it up. I often don't feel like you have to heat fix things. I will just let things sit in the fixative of the diff quick longer. One of my favorite types of uh, cytology collection that often people don't know about is toothpicks. So taking toothpicks, and this is specifically for claw folds. So claw folds are so overlooked on dermatology exams. If you have a dog or a cat chewing or licking the paws, you need to take the digit and pull back the skin and really evaluate that claw fold. You will be so surprised, especially if you have like one of those really hairy dogs with like the Grinch feet, you know, they got hair kind of growing all over. If you pull back that claw fold on a pet that's just corn cobbing their paws or their digits, you can often see a lot of debris that gets overlooked and not identified. So what I like to do in these patients is I'll actually take a toothpick. I have like groups of toothpicks in every one of my exam rooms and I will actually take that toothpick pull back the claw fold and just very lightly scrape under the remaining claw fold. And then I roll that 
onto a slide. And you will be amazed how many times you will find either malassezia or bacterial overgrowth in those cloth folds. And just treating the infection, even if you don't change anything else as far as the allergy medication, whatever you have that pet on, can cause those animals to be much more comfortable. There was actually a study done out of a private practice in Southern California where they evaluated different claw fold cytology techniques for yeast especially. And what they found was that the toothpick method usually yielded the most quantity of organisms. So I think using the toothpick technique in claw folds is awesome. Game changer if you're really looking for those itchy um, paws to identify infection and finding a way to get the organisms um, by using the toothpick because sometimes using in the really deep claw folds using things like direct impression smear or uh, tape can be really difficult. So toothpick is key. So go to your local grocery stores, just grab a bunch of toothpicks and keep in your exam room. It will definitely change what you find on those cloth folds. As far as how to read cytology, one important thing is make sure when you first put that slide on the microscope that you are scanning at low power. The reason you wanna scan at low power, either four or 10X, is you want to find a representative field that's going to give you the most information. So I usually look for areas that are more inflammatory. So have um, collections of white blood cells or nuclear streaming. Remember that if you are doing direct impression smears or um, rolling a Q-tip or a claw fold smear from a toothpick, onto a slide, you're rupturing a lot of those cells open. So sometimes you'll get tons of nuclear streaming where the white blood cells are, have been rupture, ruptured open from that trauma and you don't necessarily um, see as many intact white blood cells and that's totally fine. But you wanna make sure you're finding an inflammatory area on the slide and that it's not too densely um, populated with inflammatory cells. So just like if you were going to evaluate an aspirate, you don't want to go to an area that's so dense or you might not be able to pick out certain organisms. So you really want to go to a good inflammatory area that's not necessarily gobs of white blood cells and debris. And then you want to go to oil when you're at an area that you feel comfortable with. And you really want to look with oil to identify infection. Oh, the other thing about doing low power is sometimes you can find organisms such as demodex. It sounds crazy. We often think of like scraping to find demodex. But low power, you can sometimes find things like demodex mites that could give you an indication maybe you need to scrape. Um, so that's another really good reason to do low power before you jump um, into the oil. But once you're in oil, that's where you really can get a good look at what type of inflammation's there, what type of infection is present, and then quantify as we talked about earlier. Then once we put them on the treatment that we know we're gonna put them on, or say we, at that point we know we're gonna biopsy, we can move forward with other diagnostics or treatment. But here's the thing I will say about cytology that often doesn't get done the follow-up. So sometimes when we're asked, well, how long should we treat with antibiotics? How long should we treat with ketoconazole for a yeast infection? It depends. That could be my hashtag for pretty much all of dermatology. 
because it truly does depend. Not every infection is treated equally because it depends on if it's deep, how much is there, did the pet respond or not. So recheck cytologies are essential when you're evaluating a, a patient and how long you're going to keep them on antimicrobials or antifungals. So you want to make sure when you record your cytology initially, make sure you locate where you took it from. So don't just say skin. So personally for me, if I'm going to take a cytology, I could take three different spots if I feel like they look different. I may say cytology, claw fold, you know, three to six yeast per oil immersion field, um, cytology, abdomen, too numerous to count bacteria, coxoid shaped. So that way, when I go to do my recheck cytologies, I know exactly what I saw and where I saw it. Because when I do my recheck cytology, the dog might look great. And I don't know where to take the samples from. So if you know where you did take the samples from the original cytology, you can follow up and make sure you get the appropriate sample um, in the appropriate anatomical location. And sometimes you will be surprised. I have had dogs look amazing thinking there is no way I'm going to find any infection on this pet. I'll do my follow-up and it'll be better, but there'll still be some organisms. So that's why recheck can be so important and just making sure you know where you took those samples so you get a better idea of where to take the follow-up. And that's where you really can, again, educate the owners on the original exam of the recheck itself so they're not surprised. So when I talk to owners and I find an infection, because communication is so key in dermatology, I'll say, okay, you know, that, that clawful cytology I took, I'm finding a lot of yeast organisms that we really need to treat. But I want to see Fluffy back in three weeks. We're going to recheck that sample and make sure before we stop the treatment that all the organisms are completely gone so that if we're still itchy or still licking, we can decide what we need to do next. But I have to make sure that we have completely responded before we stop. So then when those owners come in for their rechecked exam, they're not completely you know, shocked about the price or the fact that I have to repeat the test because I have already set those owners up to know we are going to do that. The other thing I often hear is I don't have time to collect cytologies. You can always find time to collect cytologies. Do it in the room as you're taking the history. I do that with owners. I explain what I'm doing while they're giving me the history. Oh, Fluffy's licking their paws. Okay, great. Well, tell me a little bit more about have you seen a seasonal component to that? Is it been year round? I'm just going to take some samples as you're talking so we can see if a secondary infection is present. The other thing about collecting cytologies is you can train your staff to do a lot of your cytology work. So you can train staff to collect cytologies. You can have them stain while you're still talking to the owners. You can even have staff who are really into cytologies that can read the cytology slides for you. I tend to read a lot of my own slides just being a you know referral dermatologist. I feel that I should be looking at the slides myself. I'm probably a little greedy that way, but just because we do get some of the bizarre cases, but I will still have my staff look over the slide with me or maybe initially take a look to give me an idea and then I'm going to double check it for them. But I know plenty of veterinarians who have staff who are really, really interested in dermatology 
read some of their slides. And then as they're walking out of the exam room, they already know the results of that and can tell, can tell the, the veterinarian so they can make the appropriate treatment. Even if worse comes to worse, you could always collect the cytology slides. And then after the owners left, you could call them with the results later if you need to do it that way, if you're really in a pinch for time. But I find that once you get the rhythm down, once you get comfortable and you train your staff, you can really make cytology a time cost efficient test for your owners that truly guides what you're going to do with those cases and prevents us from using antibiotics that are not necessary. There is a free course um, available at NAFTA, N-A-V-T-A, that is the Veterinary Technician Specialty um, Association. They actually have a free, it's open to anybody, um, really great cytology course available online that you could have your technicians or you yourself could take just so you could have a free resource to evaluate how to do a cytology and feel better about it. So that are my basic tips on cytologies. I promise cytology is your friend. Use it, use it well, use it often. My cases and rechecks are to the point where if they see me for any flare, they know a cytology is going to be done. I have trained my clients to know that and they expect it. And they come in knowing that we are going to look for that secondary infection and why it's important. And they know we're going to follow up before we stop antimicrobials so we can provide the best care to their pet. So do your cytologies. As I like to say, don't fear the smear. Don't fear it. Go for it. Get comfortable with it. I hope that is so helpful. I'm so excited we're getting this podcast kicked off. I can't wait to see what other topics are going to come up. If you feel like there's a specific dermatology topic or vet mom topic or anything in the vet field that you'd like covered on this podcast, please feel free to send me a message on either Facebook or Instagram at the Derm Vet, and I will try to provide the best CE on this podcast possible. And also, I hope to have a little bit of fun and get to um, interview some really interesting people because we truly do have one of the best skills out there. So remember, do your cytology, cytology everything. Don't fear the smear and let's make derm fun.